the podcast, well, it's supposed to be for a Monday, but it's actually for a uh, Tuesday for reasons that are um, irrelevant and Bob, Bob, pretty podcasts, much inexplicable. What? Bob, podcasts, people download them anytime they want. Well, I know, but we, we, I mean, we, you, you know, we do tell them when they are done, you know. Um, <sighs> this one could be done before it begins. It's uh, the Bob McCown podcast, yours truly, along with uh, John Shannon uh, there, and our esteemed guest is the uh, former president and now now are you chairman emeritus is that your title easton oh no i didn't get that high just president emeritus <laughs> sorry president, say that again. Emeritus. president emeritus president emeritus wow which gives the, you nothing uh, other than a title and a parking pass oh definitely a parking pass <laughs> definitely <laughs> parking pass. You're yeah. then you're in man you're in <laughs> Paul Beeston is, of course, uh, with us, and um, are, you're in the office, are you not? I'm in the office today, yes. Thank you for inviting me on. Well, thanks for being here, and um, are you the only one in the dome at this moment? Uh, well, there'll be security people, but I think I might be the only one here. There might be one or two in other parts of the, in other parts of the dome, but uh, other than that, uh, yes, I'm the only one in this part of the office. So you're a creature of habit, um, clearly, that you... Um, continue to go into the office when no one is there and no games are being played and there's no prospect of any games being played and what occupies most of your time Beeston? Well to be quite honest with you driving down having a cigar looking at the emails um, driving home and having a cigar and you know <laughs> so it works out it works out pretty well but uh, no I would say Bob the, to be quite honest with you it's just kind of getting in the routine I mean I'm not here very long couple hours and uh, today probably uh, two hours and 10 minutes, so I can give you guys 10 minutes. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's very big of you, Paul. <laughs> um, Beeston and I have known each other since 1976, I want to say. I'm pretty sure we met the year before the Blue Jays launched back in, the, in those days. And I've had uh, numerous discussions over the course of the last, uh, what, hell, 40 years. Um, uh, but this was one of them that um, surfaced or resurfaced, if you will, uh, last weekend in the uh, Globe and Mail. The notion that the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Rogers, um, are interested or thinking about... Chicken tires. Uh, ...building a new stadium. Uh, and I bring that up because Beeston and I, uh, Brookfield, we should also mention, is involved in the conversations, allegedly... Uh, Beast and I had a conversation several years ago, more than several. I don't know what several is, but may have been 10 years ago, maybe not quite that long. I called Beeston and said, uh, what are the prospects uh, for you for, um, uh, for a new stadium? And at that time, you could make the argument, as you probably could today, that Rogers Center is certainly not in disrepair, doesn't need to be replaced. Um, but... It was shortly after Beeston, if I remember correctly, Milwaukee either was planning their stadium or um, had opened their stadium. And we had a conversation or several conversations about it. And you indicated at that time your preference for an open-air facility. And you weren't adverse to the idea that um, maybe you would pursue something. So, what, first of all, what happened back then? Anything? Oh, nothing. I mean, we had those ideas and um, you were um, a big part of it. And it was uh, uh, something that was going to be of a, uh, of a significant investment in the sports facility, which would include arenas, 
which would include football stadiums, which would include baseball stadiums. And I think from our point of view back then and looking at it, was keeping all options open. And if this was going to be something that came to fruition, uh, it was something that, you know, we should probably get into the bottom uh, on the ground floor. That doesn't mean we didn't dislike the Sky Dome. That doesn't mean we didn't dislike the Rogers Center. Didn't mean it was dislike what we played because we do have an advantage here. We have a significant advantage of being downtown. I mean, and, and downtown is important to me and if we can be there, but that doesn't mean if we was gonna, if we were gonna go in the other direction, Rob, as you well know, um, you know, we weren't gonna be able to be here because the uh, enterprise was gonna be too big. So you kind of had to listen and you had to, you know, be in on the ground floor if it was gonna go and get, and get your own uh, needs, uh, needs in there. That didn't happen. I'm a firm believer in downtown, uh, a firm believer in downtown. I'm also a firm believer in a baseball only stadium. Um, this was the right idea at the time that we did it back in, I would say, 84 or 85 was when, you know, it started to be right. uh, in the people in, in, in Premier Davis's mind and Trevor Eaton got involved. We built it downtown and, you know, around, this, uh, around the Rogers Center now, I mean, nothing was here before. I mean, you had right. a, a, a roundhouse that was, um, I, I, I would basically say, in disrepair at that point. But from that and going south of the state, going south of the railway tracks, I mean, it is, you know, it is, is brought the, the, um, the Scotia Bank, uh, Scotia, whatever, the Scotia Arena. Um, it's brought all of the, um, uh, the, 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 the Ripley's um, um, uh, Aquarium. It's the, um, the, the convention center came south. Uh, and then you have all of the condos that are here right now. And it's got a life of its own because when we first down here, as you'll recall, there was us. There was nobody else. There was yeah, us. Right. At night you walked out, there was nobody there. Now there's action. And, you know, and it's young people. It's people that are engaged. And you've got restaurants. You've got bars. You've got everything here. And the location is a perfect location. It's, and the stadium is still a, a, a stadium that works for us. I mean, you know, you can think of the cold days. You can think of the wet days. You think of the snowy days. You know, we're still playing because the roof works. Uh, but it is turf. And, you know, I think we'd all agree the grass would be better if we could have it. If we had a baseball-only stadium, I think everyone would agree with that. So uh, we go from there and we see what happens. In fact, if you, Paul, if you look at your new fan base, the fan base in the last five or six years, those condos have played a huge factor in that. The people John, that have had, the, the people that, you know, there's more than 200,000 people that live south of the Gardner now. And, and those people, hey, what are we going to do? Let's go to the ballgame. And the fact that you're walkable. And I, I, Bob and I talked about this on Friday. The development between, in the west end of downtown all the way to Bathurst Street. Uh, the, the Sky Dome was a, was a huge impetus for all of that. And the city has planned this for a long period of time. And it takes time. So it's kind of, I, I think there's a lot of people, I've been shocked at the response of people saying, well, we like the Sky Dome. Or we like Rogers Center. We like going there. It's going to be a tough sell to move out of downtown if you have to at some point. Well, you're, you're, you're quite right about that, John. I mean, you know, you say Bathurst Street, but you can really go over past Strawn. You can go over to Dufferin because, you know, then you get to Liberty Village. And then if you look at where they're moving to the east, I mean, when you start talking about the east, I mean, we're going over now to the Don Valley. I mean, go down sure. Queen Street these days. Go down, you know, all of, all of the all of the condos that are being built along King Street and Queen Street. I mean. There is a lot, and where is the Rogers Center? At one time, we were kind of on the west side of the city. 
Now yeah. we're kind of in the middle of it. I mean, yeah. you know, we've got the East, you've got the West, and we're south of the wire. And so from that point of view, it works. And again, you get back to that roof. I mean, you know, the beauty of that roof is that if you've got a seven o'clock game with, I think, very, very, very few exceptions, um, you know, that game starts at seven o'clock. Who's going to be close so, to so, so when you when, when we hear talk about a new stadium, and if you had to put 10 reasons down for the reason for a new stadium, is turf number one? Is turf yeah, the I, number one reason? I think I'd go to grass, but I think a baseball only stadium with the uniqueness to it that will stand the test of time. Um, you know, it, it's if some people might say that, you know, 32 years of the Rogers Center is, you know, still makes it kind of a baby and it's kind of new. Fact of the matter is, there's many clubs that have had a couple of stadiums in that point in time since we've uh, first had it. I mean, you think of Atlanta, they've built before. You I mean, and all the old big stadiums, uh, I think, have, 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 have kind of dictated that, you know, the new way of going is, is a baseball only stadium with turf if you can, or with grass if you can have it. We'll find out if, if, if that works. The, the, we're, we're north, as you well know. And so, when I use Milwaukee as an example, Milwaukee Stadium is really an open stadium that closes when the weather is bad. Now, there's a kind of a, just a, a subtle difference between that and the Rogers Center. The Rogers Center is a closed stadium that the roof is open when the weather is good. I mean, and that's the difference. So if you went to Milwaukee today, you would find their roof that would be open. I mean, it would just be open. And, you know, because there's no baseball being played there. It's you know the middle of uh, the middle of well, I guess the beginning of December, but we're getting into winter, and they leave it open all the time except for when the weather is bad and the game is on, and then they close. It. And there's no uh, way. And to it win should also be. Bob. Well, it Scott? should also be pointed out that there's no um, uh, climate control in the Milwaukee right. facility exactly. like the Rogers Center. So, if even if the roof is closed, there's no air conditioning, there's no heating, there's um, it. And I think you and I had this conversation many years ago. And at that time, um, I believe the average was nine days, nine games a year. They actually had the roof closed on it. So um, it speaks to your the notion of it being an open air facility that closes. You know, and, and because we're up here, you know, we, we have long winters and, you know, we have uh, damp springs. And, you know, basically when you get to the summer, um, you know, we can actually go to 90 degrees, 95 degrees. You know, there's very few days where the heat warning is such that it becomes dangerous to be in that heat, you know. So uh, there, is, uh, there is this ability I mean, to, to open, open the bike. Going back to when we first started, I mean, that was the biggest question is when would the roof be open? When would the roof be closed? Oh, yeah. People just didn't understand, you know, and you could not make everybody happy. Like if that was 60 degrees, um, you know, at, I guess what we say, 16 degrees, and when it's 16 degrees, people say, why would the roof, why would the roof be open at 16 degrees? It's too cold. You know, on the other hand, if it was, you know, a day in April, it was 16 degrees, you can't have that roof open. I mean, it, there's some beauty, there's some beauties to it. Would you fight with the manager? Would you fight with the manager deciding whether the roof was open or closed? And that didn't really bother the manager or the umpires, either one of them. You know, the odd player wanted it closed all the time. I can go back to a couple of players. Robbie liked it closed all the time. And Jack Morris liked it closed whenever he pitched, if he could, if he could get it that way, because he said it was perfect conditions. I didn't have to worry about, I didn't have to worry about the winds, the sun or anything like that. He liked, he liked it with, with it closed. Players got used to, you got to remember, this is a big, big roof. Um, you know, it's 310 feet high. And so, the first one, as we all know, was the Astrodome. 
I mean, that was 190 feet high. You know, so, you know, you couldn't hit this roof if you tried. This is not like playing in Tampa where, you know, a ball in play, um, it, uh, if it hits the roof, um, is, is, a, is a ball in play. And there's a number of them that I always do uh, throughout, throughout, a, throughout the course of the year. Uh, but this one you, you, you can't do. And, it, and it's worked for us. It's been it's really pretty good for the city. Um, but it's time. It is time? You think it's time for an, a new facility? Yeah, I think that, you know, the, it, it, it is time. I think we should get down to something that's a little bit more um, uh, baseball friendly if we can do it. I'm not saying that you have to do it, but I mean, because you can certainly live in this place, not, not even a question about it. Uh, but I think it's time to, to, to consider a baseball specific facility. This facility was built for you know, a number of purposes not just baseball, it was built for football with the thought you'd bring the NFL in. Hence that when we first started out, it was 50,000 50, people in the stadium. It was built with a hotel. I don't know if sure you need the hotel. You know, it was built with all of the, with built, everything in consideration of rock concerts. That, and that's worked for that. I mean, if you want to see a, a, a place that's electric, which the city can, can do in this place, is, you know, when Bruce Springsteen was here. I mean, you know, sure. when you were here you know and when the roof is open and the noise is going in it's spectacular and you know there's no other place that can do it i mean you can have the you can have the scotia scotia arena but you're talking 18 19,000. here they're putting in 50 uh 55 000 people that are just enjoying themselves and having fun and this is the one place you can do it but, but you're not you're not for an uh, instance supposing if the baseball only stadium's built the sky dome can stay no i don't think that works at all i don't think that works at all so there there are some losses to it but i mean you know what you can't have everything well and i know you can't answer a lot of these questions but maybe maybe you can answer some of them one of the issues that um is important is that it's built on federal land and there is a lease on that land and um, that can become problematic. Now I'm made to understand, correct me if I'm wrong, that when Rogers Center was built there was a 99-year lease granted by the federal government. Uh, I presume now with the Rogers Center, what, uh, how many years old is it? 32. 32. Yeah, uh, so you got 68 years left. Do you think that becomes problematic for the construction of a new facility? You, you want to know, Bob? I have no, I have no idea. I mean, I haven't been consulted. I was, um, I was as surprised as you were when I read it in the paper that day. Um, you know that they were thinking these terms. And, you know, I applaud them for it because I think you know, basically, you know, they're at least thinking about, you know, what the future is going to be. And you, it's not one of those ones where you go buy a new car and let's go to all the car dealerships. I mean, this is one to start from scratch. So it's going to take mm -hmm. some time, a, to build, but more importantly than that, to plan. I mean, you're going to have to plan, you're going to have to get the city involved, you're going to have everybody else involved. But the way I read it was that, you know, they were looking at doing this, they were looking at doing it on all private money, and that, you know, they, they moved from there. So I don't know where the lease stands right now, whether it's being renegotiated or not. I'm not privy to any of that. Well, one of the other things in this deal is allegedly uh, the construction of more condos or office buildings or something on um, adjacent land. And I would assume the footprint of a new stadium would be smaller than that of the existing um, Rogers Center. You think? Well, I would think so, Bob. I mean, you know, the, the, this is this is a, 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 a huge facility 
for, by any way, any way of looking at it. I mean, it, it, it reminds you in a lot of ways of what you see now when you go to Dallas and you look at what the football field is in Dallas. I mean, uh, put that beside the baseball only stadium and you can see, you can see the difference. I mean, they're just, it's just a huge, huge facility. So the answer to that is I would think it would be a much smaller, a much smaller footprint and probably, uh, you know, it wouldn't have a hotel, although I don't know that. I mean, if it was going to be a hotel, maybe one of those buildings. I don't think it would, uh, it would have uh, 50,000 seats like, uh, like this one could, could and was designed to hold. Um, so I think it would be smaller. So I would, I would agree with you. I think it would be a smaller footprint. Do you, now, when you speak of stadiums like that, Paul, do you have a stadium in Major League Baseball that you like, that, that's your favorite? You guys have talked about Milwaukee a lot. Milwaukee, that's a, still a big stadium. I, I like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's I think, Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's fantastic. And it's also downtown still. And it, well, and, and not only that, I mean, it opens to downtown. When you're sitting yeah. there and you see, and you see it, I mean, it is fantastic. I mean, it, and it was designed with 37,000 seats. Um, it's not on a big footprint, but nevertheless, you know, it's part of the community. Uh, and then you see right beside it, then you have the Steelers Stadium, you know, sure. and it's, you know, and, 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 and the difference between the two. But this one here has everything. It has the, uh, all the aesthetics were taken care of and the way that it was constructed uh, for baseball only with every seat foot pointing to second base, you know, every, everything is there. It's fantastic. I mean, San Francisco is another good one. I mean, you can, and you know, and then you go to the granddaddy of them all in Baltimore. I mean, you know, it's there. I mean, it, it and so hopefully we'll do something that's quite unique. Um, you mentioned the thoughts of a grass field um, that took place, discussions took place years ago and there were plans. Um, I guess the university of Guelph was looking at the, uh, um, uh, doing research into the ability to put real grass in the existing dome, just out of interest. Oh, how, what happened? You know, I really don't know. That happened. We were doing it when I, when I left in 2015, but you know, for um, maybe this was a seed in their mind at that time that they were going to redo something else. It was going to be expensive. I mean, you're going to have to dig down. You're going to, there was no question that, you know, they were moving towards the aspect of being able to do it. Um, but the question was, was it going to be cost efficient for a stadium and, and, and changing the whole concept of it? Because once you started with the grass on this stadium, I mean, you did take out the ability to have the motocrosses. You did take out the ability to have a lot of the large concerts and those types of things. Uh, but we were looking at the feasibility of it and um, it never did finish. So I don't know where it stands right now. And then, Paul, you, you, there, there's no way to, to take this, or this stadium and what I would describe as winterize it. There's no way to do that. The new stadium? No. Or the the existing one? one. There's no way to. Well, I mean, you talk well, about Milwaukee. Right. It's winterized. It's winterized right now, John. I mean, you know, this is. I could think of it. Think of it as a convertible car. I mean, it's just once the roof goes on. You know, it's winterized. It's climate controlled. Uh, it. You know, there's not the drainage in it because it's not supposed to ever have be wet. Right. You know. Well, that. But, yeah. We've got all of the. You've got all of these issues, but. One of the big problems that we had with it that we learned when we looked at the grass, um, you can get the elements, so you can get the sun and you can get the water. What, one of the big problems was, was the wind that you couldn't get. I mean, and that was the big issue because, you know, you think of some golf courses you've been to, you know, they, you know, they get into a valley and they put up those big fans because to keep that grass going, they need to have the air movement. 
and that became and that became a bit of an issue because wow. as you know these are tall these are tall tall buildings so it was a big challenge anyway so whether it worked or I don't have any idea but it was it was worth the look it was like we're talking about when we started this conversation with Bob I mean it was it's another place to go I mean you know and what was it going to be and was this going to be kind of a sports megaplex um, you know that was I think you know you always kept your your ears and your eyes open and see if you could do something better. If uh, you know, look at I have nothing bad to say about the dome. Um, I thought it was a spectacular uh, construction when it was being built, and then when it opened, and opening night, even with the rain, was uh, pretty special. And um, every time I went there, and I mean, I mean, you've been there more times than I have, obviously, but um, to watch that roof open and close is something that um, still you look up and you go, "Holy cow!" And it, you never, it never gets old, really, to tell you the truth. But one of the things that I thought they may have made a mistake on was the pitch of the hundred level, that the seats were too, the, were too flat, that, mm-hmm. um, uh, I hope you understand what I'm talking I about. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I mean, you've, you've sat in various seats and many times you could go down there right now and, and do it. Um, did that ever bother you? Yeah. I mean, there's no question that you would have had like a, a, a higher grade. I mean, you know, if it's at, I don't know what it is, if it's 20% right now, maybe 30% would have been better so you could be more on top of it. I mean, I, I think that's probably right. Uh, but at that point in time, what they were trying to do was get as many seats as possible in there. And more importantly than that, work it so you, whatever, because it doesn't happen anymore. Those seats move, those seats rotate. And so, sure. you know, we right. have football there and they had to rotate too. So that was all part of it. But I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you know, the the, the 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 grading of it uh, could be a little bit more um, could be a little more sloped if that's the right word and if that was the case then I think we'd have ourselves the the fans that were more on top of the play. How, how when when the building was being built, how much input did you have as the baseball team? Well, we had a considerable amount of input. I mean, you know, to be to be quite frank with you, I and mean, we had a team on it, and we had our own engineers, and uh, we worked very closely with Rod Robbie, who was the main architect, and it was built by Ellis Don. Um, but you know, it had a lot of interests to it. I mean, because it was, um, you know, having all of these suites, and it had all of the, you know, they kept <laughs> the demand for the suites kept on expanding, and as this, mm-hmm. as the demand expanded, all of a sudden, voila, there was another ten suites. You know, and so, you know, that took out seats. It, it changes went on. And then as we got going, boy, it'd be great if we had a hotel. Well, all of a sudden, things changed then, too. Um, but we were more concerned about, you know, what it was was the field. I mean, were we going to have, you know, 330 down the line or be a 400 center field? You know, where are the bullpens going to be? Because the bullpens at Exhibition Stadium, as you'll recall, and Bob knows, were on the field. And, you know, sure. they're going to, you know, put away what was the clubhouse going to be and what was the access to the clubhouse where the batting we were we were involved in that i mean i wouldn't say that we didn't have um, we didn't have our fair share of what we uh, to say what we wanted uh, but it was built uh, as uh, for for the blue jays in a lot of ways but also for the argos potentially for an nfl team uh, you know, and for rock hearts, everything. So there were a lot of, there were a lot of masters to be quite frank with you, but i couldn't say that we weren't listened to we were in fairness we were listened to very well Paul Beeston is uh, with us on the podcast. So we've alluded to the conversations uh, that we had and the plans that we tried to put together for um, uh, but the potential for a new stadium. And in fact, it, there was a, a hockey arena and a football stadium that were also supposed but to be. But it wasn't downtown, Bob. No, it wasn't. And, it, and that's what I wanted to get to. And um, 
we were looking at the uh, at the Downsview lands, uh, the Downsview Airport lands, also controlled by the federal government. It's about, I think, ten square acres or no, ten square miles actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, more ten square acres. Yeah, ten square miles of uh, of land there. And when we did our research on it, interestingly, and Beeston knows this, um, the epicenter for population for the GTA was about 100 yards south of where that facility would have been. And in essence, it's sort of on the 401 right near Yorkville or Yorkdale. Mm -hmm. So um, that motivated us to think that that actually was, was um, a, a good location. As you look back on it, Beeston, why, why not, and I know this is not your decision, but why not consider that site if a new stadium is in the plans? Well, I think it goes back to, quite honestly, if it's going to be a baseball-only stadium and you're not looking at all together, I mean, if you can have it downtown. I mean, in the last 10 years since, you know, we've been talking about this before, Bob, um, what you have is the entertainment district growing up. You've got the restaurants, you've got the bars. You know, one end for this part of Bremner where you have the Scotia Arena, and then you move into some office buildings, but then you move into the convention center, you move into the you know, Ripley's, then you move into this. I mean, this is kind of the center. This is a, this is a great, great location, but the infrastructure is around it right now. You know, LRT is going down Queens Key. You've still got the, um, you've still got the streetcars on King Street. You know, the walk that seemed a big distance at the time when you came from Union Station over the, over the Rogers Center is not a big walk anymore. I mean, it's just, it just simply is not a big walk anymore because people are, people are doing it. So uh, for me, I think the idea, if you're just going to be looking at the stadium, if you can be downtown, that is issue number one. And I think it's great for the team, but I think it's spectacular for the city. You get people down, you get some energy. I mean, go to a European city and you know, you see these people wandering. And then you go to some cities like, uh, I mean, I think that's why they put it downtown Houston. That's why they moved the Astro from down, from, from out in the, the East End, West End, or wherever it was there, North, South. But they moved it downtown. They moved the football stadium downtown. We'll get people down there. And I think, I think, that's, I think that's probably an aspiration that's well to have. Every well, city planner will tell you, I mean, if you want a downtown that's vibrant, you better give them a reason to come downtown. Exactly. And, exactly. and, a, and a stadium that you're doing 80 games, 80 events a year will do that. I mean, you, we've all been to American cities that didn't have downtown stadiums at a point, And after five o'clock, they were dead. And, the, and it was a ghost town. And what, what stadiums do is they revitalize post-work opportunities for businesses. It's a no-brainer. That's the only place to put a stadium is downtown in order to try to keep downtown vibrant. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think a perfect example of that, because two of the greatest stadiums, I mean, and, you know, and this, this one is very old, but, you know, is, is, is the Royal Stadium in Kansas City. And, you know, they have to be 15 miles from downtown. You're taking the throughway, and the football stadium is yeah. right beside it. You know, and what they do is they share the infrastructure. They share the concessions. They've got all the stuff for, their, for the merchandising and that. But basically, it doesn't do it. I, I wonder what, the, what the, the city fathers of Kansas City would say right now if they could have those right downtown as opposed to where they are, notwithstanding the beauty of them. And, you know, for in a lot of ways, the parking. I mean, you know, you've sure. got all the parking for them. So it's, it, it works. 
Well, right, I, mean, but... I think I think a better example, Paul, is is a, a, a town that actually saw that and changed, and that's Denver. Exactly. Look at, I mean, if you went to Denver, gosh, my first started going to Denver in '79 and '80, and the the hockey arena and Mile High Stadium were out past the freeway. Downtown was dead. As soon as Coors Field was built, it changed a lot of the path of downtown Denver. And to me, that's what has to happen. You can't, I mean, I know Bob's got the Downsview dream. I know this, but there's no, if this, if, if, if this baseball team ever considers moving away from downtown, they are crazy. And the city would be crazy to, to allow them to do it. No. Well, that may, that may well be, but I mean, you know, Ken, just going back to Denver, I mean, you know, Denver, when it first started there, the Mile High Stadium, that was temporary, like we were an exhibition stadium, you know, as, yeah. as you'll recall, they, and the beauty of it, they broke our record because they could put in 60,000 people, but, you know, when they started, the Montford started to look at sites for it, they put it downside, and much like this, I mean, it's downtown, but it's built up around it, I mean, That's and this, right. it's a spectacular, spectacular um, environment. Well, one of the dilemmas that uh, this plan faces is that there is not sufficient land adjacent to, I don't think, the existing dome to be able to stay in the dome and play while you're building a new stadium. And that has been done in numerous cases over the years, not the least of which is Yankee Stadium. Right. They built the old stadium. They, they, they built the new stadium right next to the old stadium. And that has been done, you guys know, on, on, in numerous um, locales. Um, so you, you, you rip the old one down after you're finished uh, building the new one. I don't think you can do that there. Can you, Beast? I don't, I don't know. I mean, from the piece of property that you've got, you know what you have here with the stadium, which is on a large footprint. Then you have the parking lots to the south. You've got a little bit to the east, a little bit to the west. So I don't know that, but I do know this. I mean, the Brookfield people and the Rogers real estate people are pretty smart people. I mean, you know, conceptually, whatever they're coming up with. And I don't know because that article also suggested they might move to the Portlands or move, you know, down to Queens Key or somewhere there. I don't know what they're thinking of at the present time, Bob, but I do know that you're, you, that, that challenge is there, definitely there. I mean, the piece of property beside Yankee Stadium was a big piece of property. Yeah. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. And it was just sitting there. I mean, so that was very easy to do. St. Louis had a big piece of property, you know. On the other hand, you know, where they switched the um, Atlanta Olympics. Uh, think about that one, uh, sure. 1996. Uh, and they were able to do the construction around that stadium when they built it and then take that stadium down and, 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 and reconfigure it. I mean, the south end of it or the north end of it, west end of it, or east end of it, I'm not sure which end of it. I mean, they took out of there. So, um, you know, there's some pretty bright engineers around right now. There's some pretty bright planners. So we'll see what they come up with. Well, but, but it, it's to be conceded that if you can't fit it into the land outside of the dome, that the Blue Jays will have to play somewhere for a minimum of two years. I don't think there's any way this a new facility can be built inside uh, 26, 28 months, which is what you'd have to do. So where do you go? The answer to that is I don't know. I'm sure they've thought of all of this. I mean, I don't know what their plans are, or what they're thinking of doing. I, as I say, I'm not privy to it. You and I and John are talking about it like uh, uh, without the knowledge of, of what they're thinking. But I, I, I can't answer that. I can't answer that question. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking of doing. Any thoughts? 
like if you were in well, charge of this exercise? Well, no, I haven't even, I haven't given that, I haven't given that, I haven't given that any thought. I mean, you know, from the point of view of, I'm sure, I'm sure Mark and, um, and Ross and the baseball people are, are thinking about it. You know, what, what is the alternative? I mean, you can't be on the road all the time. We know how difficult it was just to play in Buffalo last year because of COVID-19. So, I mean, you've got those issues, but you know, bottom line of it is I, I, I just wait and see. I mean, you know, these guys, these guys will affect the climate. They will have. They will. They will have to thought about it because you just can't say that you know you're not going to have the, the baseball here for a couple of years. I wouldn't think. No, no, I get it. I, I I just want. Let me throw two ideas out and then John jump in. Um, the the two obvious ones for me are Buffalo and Montreal, and Buffalo's problematic because you got a Triple A team there, and Montreal's problematic because the stadium is a disaster. It's a disaster. Um, either of those appeal to you more? No, I think you got to keep it in Toronto. I mean, I would hope they'd keep it in Toronto. I mean, you know, and I don't know how I, I don't know how you do it, Bob. I don't know what they're thinking of. Do you build your own, go to the Park Jerry route, go build a stadium temporarily somewhere, then move it? I have, I have no, I, I have no idea. I just know, I just know uh, uh, that I have a lot of degree of confidence in uh, both those companies that they didn't think of, they didn't come up with this plan and not think that they had to have some place for the for the team to play for a couple of for a couple of years because I think you're quite right about that. But you know what? Let's see what they say. Just just out of curiosity, Paul, as a guy who worked in the in the Major League Baseball office in New York for a long time too, what would the what would the league what would Major League Baseball be doing? Just observing how much how much contact would the would the baseball club have with MLB to discuss this very issue about where we play, how would you allow us to play? Because I've heard actually stories that, that MLB would say, no, you have to play in Toronto. Well, I, I don't know what MLB, I think sure MLB would probably say that. I mean, but I think yeah. the biggest issue would be the, or the biggest thing you can take as a given is that this was not a surprise to Major League Baseball. I mean, right. you know, you don't you don't drop those types of things in the in the in the, in the newspaper without having a discussion that this is what we're thinking and this is how we're thinking about going about it. Um, I don't believe for a minute that um, the Major League Baseball would be in a position where they're going to dictate, but they're going to certainly be involved. in the last thing you want to do is operate on a surprise. We're just gonna we're just gonna build a stadium and close down for two years. Don't think that'll happen. They will they will they will know that relationships here are very strong between. Uh, uh, the ownership and the um, and management and, and Major League Baseball. So uh, it was probably considered. Well, uh, we will see uh, what develops, if anything. We don't know what, what stage these uh, discussions are. Um, the fact that Brookfield is involved is a very, very big, successful enterprise. And um, that's encouraging, I think. But um, they may be just talking or they may be... Um, Hey, you can go back to the exhibition. You can go back to the exhibition. You know? Well, <laughs> really, it's available. <laughs> well, you, listen, there's a couple parking lots there. You can put a stadium. I just took a 35-year hiatus. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. No, I think the stadium there has changed a little bit, but you know, I don't think that will work. But you know, you start looking at it, there's land there too. That's what I'm saying. Build another one. You know why not? Yeah, yeah it is. Well, uh, we, we will see what we will see. Uh, Mr. Beeston, it is uh, always our pleasure to uh, have the opportunity to chat with you and to see your beautiful face. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see it uh, live and in living color once this uh, vaccine is uh, available and uh, we can get together again.
uh, thanks a lot for today. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on and um, uh, enjoy, um, enjoy December and hopefully we can all have a safe and happy Christmas. You're here to that. Uh, Paul Beeston, uh, that's it for the podcast for today. I guess we'll have another one for you tomorrow. Stay tuned. Thanks. Goodbye from Toronto. Take care.